That's a little spike. I'll do it. That was a weak burp. I wanted it to be so much more, but I think more would have come out. No. That's a bad feeling when you're like not not quite sure where burp ends and everything else begins. And vomit begins. Well, kids, that's what happens when you pregame before a beer drinking show. <laughs> yeah, because the beer is not enough. I don't think it's the beer is not enough. I think that the world is not enough. Yeah. Yeah. Or is the world too much and that's why you're pre-gaming? Hey, little little column A, little combi. Indeed. <laughs> Speaking of uh, wanting to puke, have you guys seen those massage guns that just like jab at mm-hmm. a million miles yeah, yeah. an hour? So my mom got me one for my birthday. It it looks like a like a PlayStation Move, right? <laughs> kind of. At a right <laughs> angle. Yeah. 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 And uh, so I was having my wife try it out on my back and like she got down on the side and i was like i feel like i'm gonna throw up like it just (laughs) the vibration was so intense i was like oh yeah just please move from that spot (laughs) because it vibrates on through to your intestines or something you're vibrating my lower bowel right now and i don't like it (laughs) oh no (laughs) that's a bad feeling yeah yeah that and uh right on bone we've got one too oh. and my wife was like massaging my back and she like ran over my spine it was just like like you can feel it bounce higher off of your bones you're like ah, no it's like uh it's like when the um the propeller of a motorboat like hits the the shore Welcome to episode 43 of the Co-Hops Podcast. As always, I am joined with my co-hosts, Nick. Hello there. And Zach. Hello. And I'm Garrett. Or Gert. Whatever you prefer. Or Gary sometimes. You know, it's different every man day. Man of many names. Depends on. Depends the on man of many up. names. Yeah. Uh, today, <laughs> uh, the beer of the episode has been selected by Nick. So Nick, what's the beer for this week? So this one was uh, chosen in our classic fashion, almost. It is not because of the can art, but because of the name. This is from Colshan Brewing, which is a local favorite that we haven't featured in a while. This is a seasonal Bruce Spring Skiing Hazy IPA. I hate, I hate the name. <laughs> I know. It's, it's very dumb, but uh, for those who don't know, my middle name is Bruce largely because of Springsteen. And I also wanted to take this opportunity to talk about another one of the reasons my middle name is Bruce, uh, which is Bruce Lee. I've been watching a lot of Bruce Lee movies lately, and so Bruce was on the mind. I thought you were going to say Campbell. Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't know. Because I was born in 93. I don't know if he would have been... I don't think It can be retconned into your history. It's fine. That's, That's true. I don't think my dad was a big evil dead fan but Mm. that is actually entirely possible that he might have been so i'll have to ask my mom because he was he was the major impetus for bruce it was largely springsteen lee and wayne i think in that order okay all right i approve of all three yeah Mm -hmm. it's it's good stuff um but yeah so this is a uh a hazy ipa described as a boss of an ipa huh Bruce spring skiing is smooth and easy drinking with hop notes of tangerine, grapefruit, mango, and tropical fruits. This beer is a juicy delight that will bring you back to your, in caps, glory days. Oh, right, because that's a song. Um, 
and will definitely make you feel like you were Caps born to run. So there you go. I find it funny that all of these beers always just say tropical fruits. They never list yeah. out what the tropical fruits are. <laughs> I, I feel like we're in the Pacific Northwest. I think they go to Trader Joe's and they pick up the tropical dried fruits and then they just drop it into the vat. Yeah, this one, yeah. Or, or they get one Whoosh. of the uh, the cans mm-hmm. of put the little cherry in it. They're like, remove the cherry and dump the rest <laughs> Remove in. the cherry. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Some of them leave yeah. the cherry in. You know, it gets that it gets that richer orange flavor uh, uh, look to it. <laughs> exactly. But you you failed to mention the uh, the raccoon on the front wearing the boss's uniform. He's got a <laughs> he's got jeans and a jean jacket on. That's true. Uh, but it's also oh, and the headband. But it's also a raccoon. It's a humanoid raccoon on ski on, on skis because ski. he's spring yeah. skiing. He's yeah. skiing mm-hmm. in the spring, but he's also exactly. Bruce. It's it's multiple layers, as Shrek once said. The great Shrek once said, <laughs> "Ogre or onions have layers, ogres have layers, and this can art has layers." It does. Madness. The pun has layers. Yeah, it, it took me a little while to get there, but uh, <laughs> we'll see I love how it. Goes. Yeah, it's uh, not not very bitter. Twenty IBU, six uh, percent ABV, kind of standard hazy IPA stuff described as uh, a balanced smooth malt flavor with medium low bitterness hop notes of mango citrus pith with light pine um there is only one review on beer advocate um so naturally standard deviation of zero percent because it can't be deviated from itself would you like to read this one or should i i can go for it oh cool or attempt to. My apologies if if I sound weird. I am fighting a, a cold and I lost my voice like two days ago and it's barely coming back. So I've just sounded like I've been going through puberty the entire last week. So it's been great. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. So I swing th- my sword. <laughs> <laughs> Huzzah! It's ah, a crit. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like Mickey Mouse playing Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> You're welcome, everyone's ears. You're welcome. <laughs> So this got a 2.61 out of 5. Look, 1.75. Smell, 2.5. Taste, 2.75. Feel, 2.5. Overall, 2.75. By BB Thunderbolt from Kiribati. I don't know where that is. Do you guys know where that is? Not a clue. I don't, but I'll Google while you read. 12-ounce can, dated Best Buy 6622. Poured into a 14-ounce teku. Poured an ugly, murky, dark yellow, light brown color with an inch of white head. That low retention and lacing. I think there's a word missing. The aroma and flavor were the expected generic fruity hops slash low grain of the style. No real standout aspects. The body was even lighter than typical for the style with a medium finish. Drinkability was okay for what it is. Overall, a somewhat subpar Merc bomb. Hmm. Uh, Kiribati is an island in the South Pacific. Oh, that's a long ways away. I have a feeling that this person might not be from Kiribati. <laughs> that would make sense. That would definitely make sense. I have to imagine they're probably from around here because I don't think Colshin gets distributed out too, too far. Our batch, uh, at least the batch that Zach and my cans come from, is the same one. Yeah. Or at least it has the same same best buy date of six six twenty two. Hey, mine too. Hey, We're cool. all fresh together. I like that it says Cascade Fresh with a K. It's Mortal Kombat Cascade. Ah, that's good. Huh. <laughs> huh. Oh, because Colshin. There yeah. you go. It's a K. I like Mortal Kombat um, instead, but that's that's pretty good. 
it's uh i i don't agree that it's ugly i think this is actually a nice kind of pretty amber yellow yeah the dark yellow light brown i'm like that this does not look brown at all to me like even looking through a camera it doesn't look brown yeah it's it's kind of mimosa colored yeah gives you any indication um yeah i'm i'm not as in love with the flavor i think it's just not like it's fruity it has some of the um fruity flavors that i'm looking for but just not a ton of flavor in general it could be because i'm sick but i cannot pick out a single one of these individual flavors that they list like it just tastes like a, a blend of fruit of some varieties it's yeah. it's not bad like like the reviews uh, it's it, drinkability is okay for what it is um mm-hmm. i it's not amazing but it's definitely far from bad yeah i get a lot of the hop notes uh, the hop notes of mango like i get a lot of hop and mango and a little bit of citrus i'm not sure what ci- citrus pith is it's not a lisp for, for citrus piss but it's, uh, <laughs> i think it, it's got to be like the the rind or like some like the interior of the skin or something like that because it tastes very much like the inside of an orange yeah. would taste like with without the actual meat in it the, that the is pith exactly is just below the surface boom starts, so yeah just below the surface starts part of the skin known as the pith yeah. well so you yeah. you nailed it it's the stuff like the, the the lacing structure inside an orange that keeps it held together all right well yeah I mean, it's it's nothing. I kind of feel like we've gotten a lot of these lately where it's not bad. It just doesn't have any like outstanding characteristics about it. Yeah, this is totally fine, but it's um, we we've tried so many things on this show that it's it's really difficult. Like I come away with a bad impression of anything that doesn't impress me. So the the words that I keep using, uh, sorry for listeners who are getting tired of it, but it's safe and forgettable yeah totally yeah i mean like this is a if if somebody had a night in bellingham and i took them to colchin i would probably give them uh, not probably i would have them try like bastard cat over this for sure because i think that it has much more of a better flavor profile than this but this is something where again kind of like the pixis and so many other ones that we've had I could bring this to a party of people who are like, you know, they drink regular, regular beer and I'm not <laughs> Re- really a big fan of regular beer. <laughs> you know, I'm think, I, I think regular I know what you're beer talking is about. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like uh, Rainier, you know, Bud Light, <laughs> of course, fancy ass beer. Yeah, exactly. And, and you bring this and they're like, oh yeah, get your fancy beer out of here. It's like, no, try it. And they'd be like, oh, this isn't that bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This, no, this is gear this is a gateway to beer douche is what it is <laughs> takes yeah. you from from rainier to huh it's so, the oh. it's the left click portal to the right click of the uh the more fancy microbrews yeah not not bad at all just just nothing outstanding yeah yeah and, and i think that might be a problem with um uh, I've been more inclined to pick seasonal releases lately because they're mm. they're new and exciting, and we've been doing this show for a little while, so uh, it's guaranteed something new. But also, it's something that doesn't get tested for as long as the like standard staple beers, and it hasn't mm. had the time and effort and thought process gone into refining it. And so they're going to be maybe a little weird and maybe a little interesting, but also possibly a little underbaked in terms of like testing and development and refinement yeah and and i think that a lot of these types of beers uh, over the last two years pretty much since we've been doing this show 
I've noticed a whole lot more local breweries just going for it and canning yeah. everything. Yeah. You know, you go into the store and you see there's a whole shelf of boundary or a whole display of boundary and no two six packs are alike or a shelf of Colshin, right? There's a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, that's how the last summer we got, was it last summer where we got the pog from boundary? Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, we, we've tried a whole bunch of these different seasonal ones and there's like barrel age seasonal, which good. is like a whole other thing. Yeah. memorable. That one was good. I like that one. Yeah. yeah. The, the gin, the gin one, it was really good. Um, that, that was great. Yeah. So again, not bad, not bad. Just nothing that's super memorable. So I think I'll fire through my three cans pretty quick. Pew. Worth uh, mentioning just off topic, but we've, we did two beers pretty close together for structures. That's uh, we've mentioned has become a kind of a favorite of us oh, on yeah. the show. And it's about a five minute walk from my work. And we were alerted in our discord that they had some smoothie beers that they made. And I walked over there after work and, I was like, do you have any form of this available to go? Like, I can't stay, unfortunately. And they're like, nope, sorry. We don't know how to can <laughs> yeah. it yet. We're still figuring it out. <laughs> they're like, <laughs> the the way that the yeast and the sugar reacts, it, it messes it up in the can. And I was like, god damn it. And she's like, yeah. but you can try some. And I was like, oh, you bitch. <laughs> like, <laughs> now you just okay, made fine. me want it really bad. Uh-huh. Yeah. It was really tasty. Uh, I look forward to checking it out. I'm the one who posted about it, and I still haven't gotten to check it out yet. Yeah, it was it was really good. I hope they can figure out how to can it because I would love to to take some of that home because it would be really good to just drink like three of them in one night. <laughs> that does sound nice. I like smoothie beers a lot. I've come to really appreciate. Those. What about a growler? Could they fill a growler? I don't know. So they say hmm. on their on their door they have a sign that says we fill growlers now, and I don't know if that's a recent thing, but I also don't know if they'll do it for that beer. So it's a mm. quote unquote post pandemic thing because they like there were health reasons uh, why people weren't sense. filling containers. So now a lot of bars or or, or breweries are starting to do containers. Maybe again. I'll bring so. a growler with me to work tomorrow, and I'll call them on my lunch and be like, "Hello." Can I get some smoothie? Yeah, beer, please? Uh, also bring a cooler and lots of ice. Yes. I'll just go put yeah. it in the fridge. Why do you have a growler of beer at work? Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. it's fine. Don't worry about it. That's fine. <laughs> well, if anybody does, anybody else have any final thoughts on this before we we move on to the next thing? Nope. nope. It's growing on me a little bit, but it's it's fine. It it is quite drinkable, but I still don't think it has a super distinct flavor. Yeah, it's already one can down. <laughs> can number one is down so we're going to move on to the what we've been playing what we've been collecting what the hell have we been doing this last week and a half so nick why don't you take it away so i uh now that school is over find myself with some time on my hands so i've wanted to uh clean up some of my to-do list of sorts and uh one of the games on my to-do list that I have fond memories of but barely played any of that I wanted to go back and check out was The Evil Within 2 uh, from 2017. I played mm, about a third, maybe a half of the first game, but the mechanics are just so clunky and unforgiving that even though I thought the story was really interesting and the premise was really interesting, couldn't stick with it, so I watched some videos of like what happens in the rest of the game and in the DLC and then went into uh, Evil Within 2 approximately when it came out. And that that reminds me a lot of The Surge. Like I never played The Surge 1 and my friend said it, it was very clunky but it had some cool ideas 
And I played through quite a bit of the surge too, and had the the same thing where I was like, "Ooh, this is polished. It has like better mechanics." So, and that's definitely true of the Evil Within too. It is a much more polished game. It still doesn't like feel amazing in terms of the uh, gunplay and such. It is a very Resident Evil Four type game. It is a Shinji Mikami produced at least game i don't believe he directed this one but he did direct the original okay but uh i don't want to dive too deep into the concepts uh to spoil the story of the original if you want to check it out it is clunky but it is pretty cool um and is it as clunky as deadly premonition though that's no nothing is (laughs) i feel like few things are i got that game after talking to nick about it and he was like this game is bad he's like but it's like interestingly bad but he he also said he couldn't play it yeah but then i listened to the retronauts episode where they like gushed about how weird and janky it is and i was like i'm gonna get this game i played it for 10 minutes and i went oh god i can't Mm -hmm. like it's i can't yeah i i recall telling you that uh i i think i might have been being charitable if i told you it was interestingly bad i played about (laughs) uh, i played about 10 hours of that game which probably two-thirds ish of the way through before i just couldn't couldn't take it anymore but uh all of that game deadly premonition feels like somebody saw somebody watched twin peaks and wanted to replicate it but didn't understand what made it good and what made it interesting and so they just like made something that was very similar and kind of weird they didn't didn't really put the thought into like having it say something in the way that Twin Peaks does and having like the melodrama matter and there's there's not really a point to it it's just taking that style but not the theme also is ugly as sin for a game that oh, came out so in bad. the ps3 360 era. it looks like it should have been on ps2 like yeah i'm pretty sure silent hill 4 looks better than that that's i'm i imagine silent hill 2 looks better than that game <laughs> ratchet and clank any of them on the ps2 look better than that game <laughs> yeah it, like, it's really it is astounding uh for for context this is a video game that was in the 360 era 20 dollars on release <laughs> i didn't realize it was, it was. it's worth it's worth over two times what it was brand new yeah <laughs> and i i bought it i think it was a GameStop. i bought it like half a week early because nobody cared enough to check the, oh, that's the funny. street date street date gotcha so, and they even made a switch exclusive sequel that they flopped did just as hard as the first one. Oh, it flopped worse than the first one oh, for yeah. sure dang yeah so sadly. what you're saying is the evil within two is not as bad as deadly premonition um yes it is not even remotely uh <laughs> you had to think about one, that i was worried for a minute you tricked I, his brain so I, I can't I can, I can see the gears turning like what the fuck so i say? i was i was kind of <laughs> often in my own world i was thinking like hmm did the second one flop worse than the first and it it definitely did one of the things that absolutely contributed to the sort of cult success or at least of people trying deadly premonition one was jim stephanie sterling gave it a 10 out of 10 review holy shit Uh, for destructoid what Uh, yeah she loved it It, it's a, a game that just spoke to her i guess which i have to attribute to something that i kind of enjoy which is like enjoying bad stuff because it has charm and heart but also it so clearly apes twin peaks that if you are familiar with twin peaks it will just bother you 
that it's so derivative. But if you don't have that familiarity, then it is definitely possible to like find it charming and, and unique and interesting. So it's the game for me. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> but well, Garrett, if you'd like to pass, borrow pass. it, I have hard it pass. I've watched people. I've watched people <laughs> play it uh, and it's great. Everything that Nick is saying is every single person who defends that game and is like, no, it's the greatest worst game you'll ever play. And then they have other people play it and they're like, why they're like i don't know at the time that i played it it was just magical they're like mm-hmm. what is magical about this and they're dr- they're trying to drive in a straight line they're just swerving <laughs> through a town with nothing in it yeah through a town with nothing in it and you just like you literally like drive out of town oh. to like talk to one person to drive back into town and there's like no no fast travel, no warping, no nothing. Mm-hmm. Nope, gotta drive all the way back into town. And your character is having like inane conversations with his alter ego, just chatting it up in the car all the way. It's oh man, that terrible that game. Oh boy, but, terrible. Oh, absolutely unrelated. But uh, Garrett, did you know your alter ego was in our D and D campaign? My alter ego. I don't know if I told you this. No. Lauren summoned a zombie. Oh, yeah. And we named him Gary. Cool. Sounds good. Was he wearing a suit? <laughs> nope. No, he was. I, I think he was wearing armor. He was a fallen soldier. He was a snake guy. He did not last very long. Actually, he lasted longer than he should have. He lasted way longer than he should have. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. I'm so confused. Yeah. How, de- how deep are we? Yeah. So uh, <laughs> returning to games that are like Resident Evil 4, this one was actually co-created by the person who directed resident evil 4 and it it very much feels like it but the story is very odd and very interesting i'll go over it as briefly as possible to avoid spoiling especially the first game but effectively there is a machine that creates a sort of alternate world based around the consciousness of a person it's it's sort of like an enter a dream world sort of thing but someone is always the core of that that dream world and their their brain has to be has to function in a certain way which only children who are like pure and innocent and have not like developed whatever i guess it would probably be things like like shame and doubt so i either that or psychopaths who don't feel those things in the first place. And so, so this the, is Psychonauts 3, the later years. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> um, and and I don't don't want to talk about it too much because that's kind of a twist in the first game. But naturally, you know about all that going in. And so in this one, you play as the detective from the first game. It's three years later, the sort of shadowy umbrella type organization that you discovered was behind this whole project. Are they called Poncho? <laughs> they're they're called Mobius. Ooh, they're they're not Morbin, are they? <laughs> yes, it's it's Mobin time. It's Morbin time. <laughs> uh yes, but uh, but yeah. So they they get in touch with him and they want to send him into this dream world into STEM again. Uh, this time it is a different version. This little dream world, instead of being a reflection of the real world, is a fabricated little town called Union where they were like putting a bunch of people into this simulation just to like study them and get processing power out of their brains and they were like brainwashed to oh it's the matrix yeah yeah it really is actually it's very matrixy uh but something went wrong the screening process failed and some somebody got in who 
messed up the system so they send you in go fix it and as a result of that it has a lot of really interesting aesthetic stuff to it there's a lot of weird like nightmare geometry weird like the town is physically cracking apart and floating away and like floating islands that are facing different directions and you'll you'll have times where you're like jumping between little sections of hallway that are rotating around each other and have their own localized gravity there's a lot of really cool stuff aesthetically with it but uh the the gameplay is relatively standard mix of stealth and shooting but you have to manage your ammo and you upgrade stuff it's not super exciting or original it's just well made well polished has an interesting story going on so i uh, i really enjoyed it i recommend it but not as like something totally amazing i just think it's a really good one of those it is a good survival horror action game that has a lot of style and that i really enjoyed so i'm glad i uh, i finished it it's like 15 ish hours long so it's longer than your average game like this but i it it doesn't feel stretched like it just had hmm. a bigger story to tell huh on a scale of crash bandicoot to resident evil 7 how spooky is it uh, <laughs> it's like hmm it's kind of it's kind of dead space. Okay. It's okay. Uh, on that scale where it's like there are scary elements of it, but and there's there's definitely scary imagery, but the mechanics are such that like you tend to have a lot of power and there will be times when you kind of have to run away from stuff because it's just a horde of enemies you don't have the ammo to manage and there is one specific enemy that you cannot fight back against that you just have to run from which is, is that the cool. white is that the white goop monster uh no it is a it is a different one i i looked up the evil within two and clicked images and i just see a gif of a white drippy goop monster yeah, the white drippy goop monster is pretty cool. That's something different. His name's also Gary. Weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Gary's always the shittiest character in like all media. <laughs> just like, yeah, then there's this guy at my office named Gary. Such yeah, a tool. The, like the Pokemon rival, the the most classic video game Gary. Yeah, the worst fucking Gary. Yeah, <laughs> commonly also known as ass in that game. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh yeah so it's it's not super scary but there's definitely some stuff that's creepy and like some of the stuff like there are characters that end up because of the way that their brains are patterned having the ability to exert more control over the world and those people you'll uncover their backstories as you sort of explore and chase after them and end up fighting them Mm -hmm. Uh, and some of those are legitimately creepy in the way that like serial killer fiction is creepy um uh it's it's not super scary moment to moment i would say but it definitely has has some creepy stuff going on zach so zach could play this i think i feel like zach could play it yes i i think so i think it might it it might get to you from time to time it might creep you out from time to time but i don't think it would be too much for you so well, I've mentioned on here before that one of my favorite games is RE4, so that's like that's the kind of level of creep that I don't mind. Yeah, and it's it's pretty similar to that. It's maybe a little bit further, especially because the tech of this is from last generation. This is a 2017 game, so it it doesn't have like crazy ray tracing or whatever, but 
the like, particle effects and the lighting effects and especially like the way that clothing billows in the wind or in like otherworldly wind that doesn't actually exist on certain characters on certain enemies is is pretty cool looking so huh. uh, and the goop monster very goopy <laughs> very monster gary the yeah. goop monster yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, I would recommend it to people who like that kind of game, but it's nothing like super exciting. It was just something that I had some affection for and wanted to have an informed opinion about and to see through to the end. Nice. I I own both of those games. I bought. I actually bought them for my mm. wife when she was like sort of expressing interest in playing games, and she she's a big horror fan for movies, books, manga, anime, everything. She likes horror, and so. It's like, oh, I've heard this Evil Within series is good. So I bought the first one for her. And then I wasn't intending on buying the second one, but I found it for like $10 nice. somewhere. And so I just picked it up. And I'm pretty sure it's still sealed because she played like an hour of the first <laughs> game and never touched it again. That, so. that first game is pretty hard. <laughs> one thing that they ditched for the sequel is that enemies would continually respawn a la like the red skeletons in Castlevania until you used a match, a like limited resource to toss toss a match onto their body on the ground to light them on fire and uh and burn the body so they wouldn't come back that's very resident evil huh. too isn't that a uh, thing with with those uh, crimson mm-hmm. zombies yeah same same deal but that was every enemy in that whole oh, game. oh that's irritating <laughs> yeah it's real bad that's <clears throat> terrible so understandably they ditched that for the second one yeah that, that's good that's good yeah, it's just generally a more slick, more polished experience. I, I think the first one was scarier, too. It had more, like, Saw-type death traps and set in an old mental hospital and not a, like, little town. And so it, it the first one... The old Manhunt 2 yeah, setting. Yeah, the first one was scarier, I think, but not not as good, not as fun, not as playable. Huh. Okay. So, yeah, but that's it. That's it for me. That's pretty much all I've been playing this week, except I won't take up too much more time, but I will say that I played some Blasphemous after Garrett was talking about it last episode, and I don't know. I must have just been grumpy the last time I was playing it, because I really enjoyed it this time. Like, (laughs) like the... I still think the aesthetic is off-putting, but I appreciate that. Like, it's... It's it's really creepy, and, like, the language, especially the language, is very off-putting. It is the way that the characters talk. And like, I, I, I think I mentioned this in our chat, but I grew up really enjoying history and I read a lot of history books and I uh, had a phase where I read a lot about the Crusades. So I think like a sort of instinctual fear about like dogmatic Christian symbology and phrasing has been instilled in me by reading too much about the Crusades. <laughs> and that's exactly what this kind of plays into but yeah it's it's cool it's really interesting and unique and it does feel really good like i again must have just been really grumpy at the time and or just misremembered it through the the dilation of memory you you did come to it directly off of hollow Knight. that's true and hollow Knight feels amazing so it could be that you just hated it in comparison and it bothered you but with enough time between that that you're able to separate it very very possible because yeah hollow knight is like among the best feeling of those games hollow knight's extremely refined well and with blasphemous one thing i noticed is the first area that you're kind of pushed to is like the snowy area because it's Mm -hmm. like kind of go up 
and there are uh, actual like wind mechanics. So you have to wait and time your jumps for when the wind is blowing a certain direction. So at first, what felt really frustrating is like, oh, this is actually built into it and purposeful. So I was like, okay, I'm I feel a little bit better about it now. Yeah, it, it's cool. There's a lot of interesting level design and like that, like there are different challenges in each little zone. And yeah, I, I made it pretty far in. I think I, I had played like about four or five hours actually um, mm. before before picking it back up again, made a bunch of progress. I don't know if I will finish it. I hope to, but it's easy for me to get distracted from stuff, especially Metroidvania type games, search action games, I should say. Search action. <laughs> yep. Well, well yeah. I, I see I see something here on the list, but before before we get to that, I just have to do this one aside so Ooh. the guys can see this, but I poured my second beer. Mm-hmm. It is a different color. It is, oh, dra- the- it is a drastically different color, and that one is a yellow slash light brown color. It tastes different. Like, oh. It tastes like a completely different <laughs> what? beer. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I mean, it's still a hazy. It's still got the tropical fruit notes, but it's sm- it even smells like it smells really fruity. And when you drink it, you definitely get a lot more of like just kind of generic mixed tropical fruit with like a really heavy, a heavier mango. So wow. I just I wanted to point that out really quick that my second my second of three beers is markedly yeah. different. It's it's very strange. <laughs> He's like, I got got a science. I know. I now. have to go see. But next, we have Zach, who has some stuff to talk about. So, Zach, talk away, man. It's kind of, it's kind of cruel that you're losing your voice or you kind of you know have this cold because <laughs> you got some stuff to talk about. So, let's go. For the first time in months, I actually have sunk in like 10 hours worth of games in the last week-ish. And, Is it because uh, you have the Steam Deck? Well, one of them is on a Steam Deck. One is on Ooh. a DS. So, both are portable. Uh, you know, and both can be chunked out in short amounts of time by just putting it to sleep. So that's very helpful. As mentioned, I, I don't have a lot of time to just sit and play games. And so I I find pockets of 15 to 20 minutes where I can play. Occasionally I'll get like up to an hour where I can play, but long gone are the days of marathon sessions. And so that's why I, I if you're new to the show or if you're a longtime listener, I am a big handheld fan for that reason. And so... I always have been, but especially now. But the uh, the two games I'm playing, one's old. It's from 1998. It's Silent Hill 1. And that one I put... <laughs> it's it's yeah. not. It's not. Nick knows what it is. He saw me playing it. Uh, it's Pokemon Red, actually. Speaking of Gary yeah. the Bastard. Yeah. I was feeling very nostalgic for Pokemon Red because my kids have been watching Pokemon. Uh, Indigo League, the, the original... And I was watching it, and it just made me feel really nostalgic for the game. And that was the one that I played first, so I, I bought it on the DS eShop, even though I own a physical copy. Oh, Nick just poured his, and his is also yeah, a different yeah, yeah, color. Yeah. It has way so, more head to it this time, too. I think Maybe. we'll have a very interesting like end-of-episode beer discussion. <laughs> yes. Weird. But anyway... So I bought it on the, the eShop before it went down because it was like five bucks. It was really cheap. Oh, wait. Is that over now? And it, you can't sort do of, credit card like you, can, you can't add money to your account through the DSC shop anymore. You have to like get it on there in other okay. ways. Oh, right. Because it's the same account for me, so I can add it on the Switch. And Yeah. Yeah, you should be able to like add it on the Switch and then spend the money on the DS. But So you can still purchase stuff, but you can't add okay. more money via credit card. Neat. All right. Which is good for me because I bought it. <laughs> Fair. I probably have as well. Wait, Zach, you don't own any video games. 
uh, no clean slate no. over here. Yeah. Yep. Definitely, definitely didn't uh, family share my Steam library with Woody the other day, and he goes, "Oh yeah, I can tell it worked because I have a thousand more games." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's good. But anyway, so Pokemon Red, there's not, like, I'm not going to talk too much about it. Everyone knows Pokemon, but that's the one that I played growing up, and it's kind of amazing going through it, and I'm like, wow, I, I remember, like, 85% of what I'm supposed to do, but every once in a while, I'm like, God, where the fuck do I go? Because mm-hmm. it's like, nothing tells you anything, and you're just like, you got to go find the one bush that you can cut down to yeah. proceed, and it's extremely grindy. I, I Like, coming off of the most recent one I played was Shield. And going back to this, it's like, oh my god, this is so grindy. Swapping yeah. out Pokemon. There's no EXP share. Yeah. yeah. Yep. You have to swap out your dudes if you want to level them up. So it's like I bought a magic carp for five hundred bucks off some some dude in a Pokemon Center. I'm like, all right, I remember this bitch levels up at level twenty. Let's go. He starts at uh-huh. level five. It's just like fifteen levels of swapping him out every fight. Oh so. man. And I th- when you said red, my brain immediately went to fire red. But no, you're playing OG no, Red. Worse. I'm playing OG oh, Red. Yeah, you are a masochist. I I did name I did name uh, my rival Gary. Just you should have named him Gert. Natural. Yeah. No, he's Gary. He's Gary. Gary, Gary the best. He's always been Gary. Yeah. <laughs> I always had him named Gary because I I watched the show and then I was like, oh, he's he's obviously he's such Gary. a dickhead in the show. He's such a little he's asshole. A, he's the worst. He is. <laughs> he's a little asshole in the game too. The other week I talked about, I hate it when your rival comes up. I literally get through Mount Moon, or I think it was Mount Moon, like just barely by the skin of my teeth, and he comes out and he just fucks me up, and I got to go all the way back through that place because he, he killed all my guys because I had two people left alive. It was brutal. dominated by Zubats. <laughs> oh, God. Zubats and Geodudes just all over. Anyway, very grindy game. I'm only, I only have three badges, and I played like almost nine hours. Wow. And... It's just there's so much grinding to do. It's crazy because you you finish like through one city and you you go into the the next um, area and everything is like five levels higher and you're just like all right well yeah. I guess we're gonna just grind through some grass here for the next and hour. the Pokemon variety in general is a lot lower like the type distribution is yeah. a lot more rough. You get a lot of normal types yep. early. Yep. I actually I sent Nick a text message. I'm like. There's no fire types. Like, I don't have yeah. access to any. Just, like, if you don't start with Charmander, you just don't get a fire for type for long so long. Time. Yeah. Like, if, if you can find an Eevee, good for you, and then find a Firestone to get a Flare. Yeah. But... I don't even remember when you get the Firestone first time. Yeah. I don't have one. Oof. Wow. But yeah, you get a lot of normal types. You get, um, uh, like, so you can, get, you can get Magikarp pretty early, so you can get a water type in Gyarados who has no water moves <laughs> like forever. Mine's like almost level 30. He has no water. Yeah, you got to te- team except- him. Mm-hmm. Give him surf. Yeah. Don't right, have surf yet. My God. But yeah. You, you get some psychic types and you can get drowsy, but yeah, no, no, uh, no grass type. Well, no, that's a lie. Sorry. You can get Beedrill and Caterpillar. Oh, I forgot yeah. about them. Well, they're bug. Not grass, yeah, no right. fire types. And I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> I can't keep yeah, track. There's a lot of types. Anyway, that's Pokemon. Pokemon's great. It's uh, I was feeling very nostalgic for it and proceeded to dump a whole bunch of time into it because I could do like two battles and then close the DS and put it away for yeah. a second. And uh, I've just chunked out a bunch of time. But 
The more exciting one, I think, is a game series that I've been very interested in trying for a long time. It's, uh, I'm going to see if you guys can guess, Ooh. without looking at my Steam, because I've been okay. playing it on there. No cheating. Okay. Uh, can we have any hints? Yes, I, I was gonna. I was gonna start. So it came out in 2015. There are eight games in the hmm, series. You had to start with number one. So how are there eight games between 2015 and 2022? The one I started with is a prequel. Oh, is it East? It is. Not. Oh no, because there are like ten of those. Um, there's how many? There's a lot. How many? You said there's eight games in the series. I think there's eight. There might be it's seven oh, or eight. Oh, oh, I think oh, there's eight. Oh, I think I know what this is. Go ahead, Nick, because I was just going to guess. So. It's Yakuza. It is. Oh, yeah. okay. Hell so yeah. So Yakuza 0. Okay. Uh, and nor- normally I would start with one, but everyone says that playing the prequel actually makes sense in yeah, this case. It does. So I start. So I started with then zero. Then you can play. They updated. They used that engine and then made Yakuza yeah, 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 yeah. where it's all updated. Yeah, because on Steam I own Zero, Kiwami One and Two and Three Remastered. Mm-hmm. Nice. And I've been like wanting to play them for a long time, but I didn't want to sit at my computer and play it. And I saw that it was verified on the Steam Deck, and I was like, "Oh, this is a great chance to actually like give it yeah. a shot." And so that's a great place um, to. It's hooked me. It's you really know who fun. loved Yakuza Zero, Zach, Kevin. Kevin yeah, really? was like, oh my god, you gotta play that, this game. And he, he asked me all the time, he's like, have you finished it? Have you finished it? Because I, <laughs> I started playing it because all the Yakuza games are on Game Pass. And I just, yeah. I got to a point and then like my Series X, uh, I did Game Resume and I was like an hour in without saving because that game, and Zach, Zach's Dude, only three hours god. in, so you haven't even seen it yet. Yeah, There are like literal hour long like movie like cutscenes. Oh, I've there's one at the start of the game. I don't, like, you don't get to save yeah, for like 45 I minutes. I didn't remember that. But yeah, I, was, <laughs> yeah. I went through a whole thing. And it's an unskippable cutscene interaction. And the I did game resume. I like turned it off. And I came back to turn it on the next day. And it was just like corrupt. And then I had to start it all the uh, way over again. And I go, nah, I'm going to play something else. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah. I do think it's worth going back to, though. Those games are really cool. They're They're so stylish and so they're so cool in a way that video games kind of often aren't anymore like chris yeah. pratt <laughs> i mean i played i spent so cool. i spent so much time just in the sega arcades like winning the little oh. toys and putting <laughs> them in my yeah. bank and then like i came up on a side mission where there was a little girl who like wants the toys i already had all the toys i was like i don't even have to do this here you go <laughs> you know this this is awesome but it's a it's like a fighting game beat em up you you unlock combos yeah. and level up. It's like a third person yeah. beat them. Yeah, but it's great, also an, is... an action RPG where you're like leveling up and you're yeah. leveling up different styles. Um, and as as the game goes on, because like in Yakuza one through I want to say four, you play as one character, but in zero, you there are a couple of playable characters. Five has five, Jeez. six has a bunch, and seven seven goes back to just the one, but seven is super weird. Seven's like a turn based RPG. Well, seven, it, like a dragon, yeah, it's a completely different style of game, and it also, it, from what I understand, it ends the main character's story from the previous games. That sounds and right. It begins a new one. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I don't know how it ends or anything. I, I've not investigated because I don't want to yeah. know. So as Likewise. we as we steamroll over your explanation, how do you like the game? Three hours in, I like it a lot. It's it's very like Nick said. It's very stylish, but it's it's also 
it's interesting. It's got a really cool story. Yeah. Like I've enjoyed just sitting there watching the cutscenes play out, even though I get kind of irritated. I'm like, all right, this is a video game I'm supposed to be playing, but <laughs> I do enjoy watching the story. The voice acting is really good. Yeah. And I mean, the combat is okay. I don't think it's amazing. It's not particularly deep, but it's, it is fun and enough and it, it's challenging. Like I've died. I died in one mm. part. Um, because I just didn't dodge correctly and got the shit kicked out of me by some dudes. <laughs> and it, and it so, gets more interesting, I would say, as you get further in and are able to develop like more styles and level them up. As as you go along, uh, one of the big mechanics in the, these games is you get you can like see things in the world that inspire you to be able to do new moves in combat. So you'll like see a guy do something weird at a batting cage, and you'll be like, "Oh, I could do that." And so, <laughs> so you can do like whatever weird batting technique he used on enemies. Or like I got a dodge move from doing the dance mini game. <laughs> yeah, I did like it, it was like a DDR nice. mini game where you like dance in front of a whole bunch of people and then you earn money for like out dancing other opponents. But you can also learn like skills from it, which is pretty awesome. And like karaoke, the game just has so much stuff to do. It really makes me think of like some of the, the po- pocket car yeah. racing. Like all, the, all yeah. the... I just found that today. <laughs> on my lunch break and i was like <laughs> i want to i want to invest so much time into this but i'm my lunch break's almost over <laughs> i i uh i, I want to pitch this game to people i i hate to take over your segment but uh if if you're struggling to comprehend what yakuza even is if you're familiar with shenmue just picture shenmue if it were cool and good <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, like picture Shenmue if it weren't yeah, boring. Yeah, and and Yakuza Zero takes place in the '80s, and one of the characters yeah. that you play is like the whole beginning of the game, which this isn't like a spoiler. Is he's like, I'm gonna get out of the Yakuza because somebody killed someone who was close to me, and I want to figure out who it is. And they're like, Well, it was and a- they framed him for it. Yeah, right? and they framed him for it. So they're like, You can't yeah. investigate because it was another Yakuza and he goes, cool, then I'm out. Like, what do I have to do to get out? And so he's, he's got like one foot in the like gang underworld in the eighties in Japan and one foot out. So, and it's just, it's so interesting. I, I, I love the game. I just, I need to go back to it eventually. And I think I'll just load game pass on my deck and play it on game pass. Yeah. I'd be interested to hear how that works. Like I've tried some stuff on, on cloud streaming and, Anything that requires more precise timing doesn't seem to work that uh-huh. well. Like playing, I, I tried out the show and it was like mostly fine, but sometimes like trying to hit a baseball is like impossible. Yeah. The, like the show fighting game, like sports games and fighting games and anything that's like competitive, I would not recommend yeah. for cloud streaming, but anything that's just kind of like single player, like I played Hades on a one megabit connection <laughs> on X cloud and it worked. I was, wow. I was, it was okay. You know? Yeah. I probably died more than I normally should have, <laughs> but you know, it really does it. And the, the deck has the horsepower for it. Oh and, yeah. And hell play it on a cell phone. You know, it, it'll, mm-hmm. it'll work too. Most of those games have touch controls now. Yeah. Gosh. But yeah, just ending real fast about uh, Yakuza zero. It's, I, I'm very much enjoying it. Don't plan on stopping any, anytime soon. Like I, I probably going to play someone we finish here if I don't pass out first. And uh, it's, it's very fun and it runs amazing on the deck, like zero issues. So that that is super super great. So what one thing? So the Yakuza, the team at Sega that makes Yakuza, 
they're the ones who redid Virtual Fighter Five. Oh, really? That's only on the PlayStation. Yeah. Oh, so it's like I, it's like yeah, uh, Virtual Fighter Five Final Round, and it's completely overhauled, and they like changed some of the fighting mechanics and all kinds of stuff, the character designs, and I think Tekken is doing a crossover with them. Oh, where wow. They're doing it. Cool. They're doing yeah. They're doing a DLC where they have skins for all the characters in Virtua Fighter Five to make them look like Tekken characters. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I will it's, say uh, what put this game on my map and like like I've known of the series for a long time. Obviously, it's been around forever. It came out on the PS2, and it's it's been, it's had its fans, but it's never been like super popular. I don't feel until recently. Like it feels like Yakuza Zero is kind of like at least that's when it really got on my radar of like becoming a popular uh-huh. series but it it could have been before that but what put it on my radar and like made me really want to play it was i was listening to a podcast hosted by jared petty called the top 100 games and he had the writer i can space on his name the writer of spec ops the line was on there oh i want to say walt whitman but that's super not <laughs> the case walt something anyway it's like walt williams or anyway uh like oh that. Worth noting, uh, okay, I have to look this up. This is going to be really terrible audio. Anyway. Also, I, I heard recently he is writing another game. That's what I was just going to mention, yeah. So, uh, But anyway, so he was on there, and he was talking about how during COVID, Walt Williams, he was talking about how during COVID he decided that he was going to try out Yakuza and ended up playing every single one of them back to back to back to back because he was so hooked on the wow. story. Yeah. And that is what sold me on it. I was like, I guess I want to play this now. <laughs> I'm not sure, but it's, it's been on my list for yeah. a while. Uh, the game you're talking it's about that impressive. Garrett will be excited for is uh, he's writing the Wolverine game for Insomniac. Right. Oh, yes. God. It's the only thing that will make me probably buy a PlayStation 5 is <laughs> playing the Wolverine game. Like, I man, I, I'm gonna have to plan this like six months in advance because that's how long it's gonna take me to get a PS5. But <laughs> yeah, if they, if they don't, I, I have some friends in retail. I, I can. I, mean, I can. You're welcome to just borrow mine. Let's be honest. Yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> I'll that's buy true. the just game. I have a PS5, and I'm not gonna play it. So that's right. I just need to <laughs> borrow. I need to borrow more from the library of Zach. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Use your local libraries, yes. folks. Yeah. Exactly. Well, <laughs> including this one <laughs> i've got nothing else to say about it i'll yeah i mean the game's long as fuck from what i understand so i'll probably be it's talking like about 30 it for hours the, for the next six years so yeah each each one is about 30 or 40 hours well, um it's it's like a really huge crime i feel like movie. it's 30 hours if you like main story it because most people i hear put like 100 hours in but that's with all the mini, mini games yeah. and well if you want to earn all the money and then like you know fill out all the skill trees and everything like that but yeah I feel yeah, like this, side quests this is one where you're going to get distracted by a couple different things that you're like, that's cool. And then you're going to want to progress the story because I, yeah, I did this... so much minigame stuff in the beginning and so much over leveling that the game is not challenging at all. Like mm-hmm. combat is just a joke. I just destroy everyone. <laughs> I do like when you're and just the story ro- is really engaging. It is. Yeah, I do like when you're just running around the street and there's just a pack of dudes. They're like, I'm going to fight this guy and you just kick the shit out of him. Oh, Zach, and they're like, it's... he's superhuman. There's uh, um. <laughs> Nick, you might remember who's the guy 
who's super huge, and every time he beats you, he takes your money. Oh, yeah, I found that guy one time. But somewhere. what's his oh. name? His his name is like Mr. Beatdown or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, it's like something like Mr. Beatdown. <laughs> and so, yeah, he just he's just like a boss that wanders the street, and every time he kills you, he takes all your money. And then when you, when you fight Shakedown. him. Mr. Shakedown. Mr. Shakedown. Yeah. Mr. Shakedown. Then you fight Mr. Shakedown, you get all your money back. It's it's Yeah, he kicked cool. the shit out of me. It was rough. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think you're right. I think you're right in your estimation that Zero was the game that made it really popular because the games were like getting better and better over the course of time. And I, I really enjoyed them when they were coming out. Like I played three and four on release. I kind of fell off, lost track of time around five. So I haven't actually played five or six or seven. But Zero provided an approachable entry point to people that was the modern version of the game like the modern mechanics so yeah. it was polished you didn't have to play it on a playstation 2 that is and so you could get the story in the most modern context so yeah i just googled it and according to wikipedia it's zero is largely responsible for its rise in popularity and sales in the west having been deemed obscure beforehand and then because of the success that's when they followed it up with the kiwami remakes so Mm-hmm. I th- and I then think... recently they remastered all of them yeah like three yeah. four and yeah. five just got remastered and six yeah yeah and one and two were ps2 games so they needed full-on remakes but remasters are totally fine for the ps3 ones like they yeah. they just needed some touch-ups and compatibility but yeah those games are so cool they're so stylish and engrossing and they have so many really interesting characters like it's uh, it's Game of Thrones ish in a way where it's a lot of like politics and family drama, except it's like crime families yeah. and mm-hmm. yakuza, and it's oh man, you're you're making me want to go back. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll, I'll I don't like said I don't have any plans on stopping. So unless something you know, it always happens. But if something pulls me away, then I'll be talking about something else. But otherwise, I'll be mm-hmm. talking about yakuza for a while. Excellent, nice. Well, I. I have like three chunks to talk about <laughs> and you'll understand when I get through them, but cool. Um, so the first chunk the is all of them. They all, in, they all include the Goonies. Which one would do the truffle shuffle <laughs> if you had to pick? Uh, another guy named Zach, who's not the person on this podcast, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> okay. Okay. So it was my, my wife had like an impromptu, like high school reunion this last weekend. It was two weekends ago now. And one of her best friend's husband, he and I get along really, really well. And last time we hung out, we just drank a bunch of beer and played Titanfall because I had just gotten my Xbox One and we and Titanfall had just released. And so we just sat on the couch all day, very hungover from the night before. And we just played Titanfall (laughs) all day, hung out. It was great. So he comes over and they now have a one year old daughter and we were hanging out and she was taking a nap and we're like, oh, like, let's watch something. So we ended up watching the Tony Hawk slash skating documentary called Till the Wheels Fall Off. If you have mm. HBO or can rent it digitally or at your local video store, if they still have that, if they even put it on video, <laughs> even if you don't like skateboarding, please, please watch it. It is a fantastic documentary. And I come come out with way more respect. And I was a skater as a kid, like I came, I came out of it with respect for Tony Hawk and like all the kids who made that scene and how hard that they had to work and all the things that they went through. It's just, it's, it's really cool and inspiring. So it inspired us to continue to sit on the couch 
and play Skate 3. So <laughs> uh, download the Skate Tony 3. Hawk 1 and 2 remake. No, well, okay. So Tony Hawk 1 and 2 remake, I tried to buy it. I tried to buy it three times. I could not buy it on Xbox. It just would not ah. let me. You would go, and it only would let you buy, because of fucking Activision, they would only let you buy like the extreme package that was like $50. But if you went to Xbox's website, the game was like 15 bucks, And I was like, oh, I'd definitely play like 20 25 bucks for this. No problem. So you go to the site, you try to purchase it. It goes, nope, went on the Xbox. The only edition is like the $50 super duper special edition. And I was like, fuck this. I want to play the other one. Unavailable. You cannot buy the base game on Xbox. And I was like, okay, That's whatever. Not. You'll have to borrow my disc copy. So I downloaded Skate 3 because I actually like Skate better than the Tony Hawk games. I like the, that y- you use the right <laughs> thumbstick to do tricks. It feels a lot more skillful than just pressing pressing buttons and like okay i'm in the air i can press this many buttons and do this many spins i only played the first skate but i did really enjoy it yeah it's skate three the story is a little weird and they lost a lot of like the (laughs) the music rights to it um which is why skate 2 is not available is because it was the soundtrack was amazing skate 2 is the best out of the skate series but without going too deep there's a um there's a mode in there called skate which is like the analog is like horse like with basketball you you make a shot You make a shot, or, or so in, in skate, it'd be easier to describe what skate is. So <laughs> it's like horse. You do a trick. Yeah, you, you do a trick, and um, somebody has to match that trick. The next person has to match that trick. So it's just like a little couch co op. You just hand the controller back and forth between however many players that you have. So we just played skate, going back and forth, whatever. Um, but then there's a new mode called Hall of Meat. Which uh-huh, is yes. you sponsored by Thrasher magazine. Yep, and you what you get as much speed as you can, go off a ramp, and you press a series of buttons to wipe out, and you just try to break as many bones as you can on the way down, and the person who does <laughs> wins, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, we played that as well, which is pretty fun. It's, but it's burnout crash mode, yeah, but for a human body. It, That's exactly. quite the name, Hall of Meat. Hall of Meat. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> So we, we played we played a bit of skate and then I went, hey man, since the last time we hung out, let's play Titanfall 2. Let's play some multiplayer. So we just pat you know, match for match. Like we would watch, you know, e- each other play a full match and then pass the controller back and forth and play. And it was really fun. You know, I, I didn't play a whole lot of Titanfall 2 multiplayer because I bought it when the single player was like, hey, if you haven't played this game, I think it was like two years after it came out. It's like, if you haven't played this game, buy it and play it. Like I own it on Xbox one and I own it on PC, I think twice because I own it on origin and on steam, but, <laughs> and the, and the reason for steam is will come in a little bit, but it's just a great game. It still has a thriving online community. And if you like shooters at all, you, you deserve to buy and play this game. It's $5 most of the time. And mm-hmm. the single player alone, like I would have paid, 40 50 dollars just to experience that story and play that campaign over and over again i think i beat it like three times now it's one of my favorite single player fps stories of all time you bought it for but me the mo- a long time ago i still need to actually play <laughs> it did. but and it's so so good yeah i have to echo that it is one of my very favorite shooter campaigns ever um it's so great the uh the voice acting is really solid. It's it's a buddy cop movie between a guy and his robot. Mm-hmm. It's so fun. Yeah, and your robot's like Mega Man because you fight bosses and then you can steal their cores and take their abilities. It's so great. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, it's, and the, the gameplay is so fun and fluid. You feel very mobile and powerful. And even when you're outside of the mech, I'm like, the more I talk and think about Titanfall, the more it makes me want to play Apex Legends. Yeah. Um, yep. Which is, I don't, I don't know if it's explicitly in that universe, but it shares weapons and most of its mechanics. Okay. Uh, it's I believe they mechanics. said it is the same universe. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And so, yeah, it, exactly. It's it's Respawn. They made this super great multiplayer game beforehand, but, you know, Jedi Fallen Order came out, and that was, like, the last single-player game that uh, Respawn put out, and now they're putting out a sequel to it, and everybody's like, we want Titanfall 3, and they're like, but you have Apex. <laughs> just, no, yeah. just, no, just no big robots. You have a, a robot character, but no, no big robots. Teeny tiny robot. Yeah. yeah. But we played that, had a whole lot of fun, and the reason that I recently bought it on Steam was, you know, they left. And so I had time because I wasn't just going to sit there with company and just play my Steam Deck sitting on the couch. I had to have a reason so that we can <laughs> like, oh, we're passing the controller back and forth. We're playing it. We're playing video games together. So right after they left, I was so engrossed in, in Titanfall. It happened to be on sale for $5 on Steam. So I picked it up and it had a playable mark for Steam Deck. So I looked at it and it's like some it requires a third party launcher and some text might be very very small and i'm like i don't give a fuck so i downloaded it downloaded the the uh uh it, the steam deck automatically downloaded the origin client automatically downloaded all the prerequisites that it needed plays beautifully i played a full multiplayer match on deck and i i was like this is great i can take titanfall to wherever i want it looks great it plays great i played a multiplayer match on wi-fi and and it was it was great but that kind of sent me into a spiral because I had a little bit of time this last weekend, kind of like Zach, where I actually had about an hour and a half, two hours where I could just play games. And so I was just trying everything I could. So this next little block is a rapid fire. So I did, uh, these were all in the deck, Titanfall 2, Castle Crashers, Ninja Gaiden Sigma. Wow. These are all throwbacks. Rocket League, God Eater 3, and then Monster Hunter Rise. Nice. So I wow. just I just went on a deep dive with the deck. Say that four times fast. Deep dive with the deck. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, so it, they all they all work great. I had zero issues with them, and it was great to just kind of hang out wherever I wanted to be and play with really high fidelity, great controls. Any of these games that I wanted, it was it was fantastic. Oh, I'm so jealous. Yeah, it's it, yeah. I one one day one day. One day. I'm currently waiting on the email from Steam Deck to let me buy one and for my uh, analog pocket and play date to arrive. So I'm just waiting on hardware. Just, just waiting. Someday. Someday that'll all show up. You'll get them all uh, in the same they, week. They, and they, yeah, like, exactly. I don't know what to play now. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. tape them all together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'll, um, yeah, during, during the loading times in my Steam Deck games, I will, which there won't be very many because it's an SSD. I will play something on the GBA and then I'll pause it and then I'll go crank the play date a little bit. <laughs> That's right. It's got the little thing on the side. Yeah. 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 I, I have a, a few friends who have gotten theirs already and I'm very jealous. Oh, man. Well, my my third block has to do with the last game that I played on the deck, which is Monster Hunter Rise. I saw my buddy, Eric, uh, also known as Milton. He was oh. playing online and I go, Oh man, I haven't seen him playing games in a long time. So I text him and he goes, yeah, I found it on CD keys for like 20 bucks. And I was going to mm-hmm. buy it on PC. Cause he and I played probably at least a hundred hours together on the switch. 
And then I played probably about 40, 30, 40 hours with Nick. And so he goes, yeah, man, I bought it on PC. Let's jam on PC. We played it for about an hour and a half yesterday and and almost got to high rank if if you guys know oh. it is a monster hunter in about an hour and a half because we're both we're both veterans where <laughs> we we blew through everything we're just demolishing monsters within like two and a half three minutes and then jumping on to the next <laughs> one so even without the gear you if you know what you're doing like that's the main thing that makes a difference in monster hunter there there are like things where there are gear checks of sorts but yeah. mostly technique and familiarity with the moveset of the weapon you're using is is the the thing i'm really excited for sunbreak and I, and like if i have a steam deck by then i'm tempted to just get sunbreak on that because mm-hmm. like you said it won't take long to catch up and uh, one of the things they're changing is a big part of the move sets for each weapon like the wire bug moves for each weapon are changing and that's gonna make a really big difference well nobody except for me, at least on this podcast, and I don't know how many of you out there listening know what the monster names are, but the reason that my my buddy Eric bought it was he saw a trailer for the expansion Sunbreak, which has one of our favorite, his and my favorite monsters, which is Seregios. Uh, it's this dragon that has these like really sharp scales that flare out. And Seregios. Seregios, S-E-R. So like yeah. he's a knight? Uh, He's an no. edgy knight, Sir uh, Egios. <laughs> Sir Egios, there you go. Yeah, Sir Egios, and it makes some of the coolest gear, some of the best weapons, and it's just really nostalgic for us because, as I've mentioned many times, the reason I bought my new 3DS was we played Monster Hunter 4U together, like probably about 400 hours on with the crab claw and my hands being cramped. It's probably why I have <laughs> carpal tunnel, honestly, is because I played so many hours of like three different Monster Hunter games on 3DS because. It's all I could get it on. And I wasn't buying a Wii U because, you know. Uh. I, I feel like I'm getting old because I'm feeling that with the Switch. I think I mentioned this when I talked about uh, Match of the Millennium. But, like, whenever I play something on Switch too much, I feel my hands starting to cramp. Oh. It's very, very weird. Nick, I have to tell you, and I don't know if Zach has done this, but I've been playing a lot of, I've been spending a lot of time with the Steam Deck in my hands. Like, even just browsing the store or whatever, getting used to it. I, a lot of time with our deck in our hands. That's yeah, familiar. of course. So I, I picked up the Switch because Tally, for her birthday, she wanted to play Mario Party. I picked it up and I'm like, this feels like a child's toy. It's so tiny. <laughs> like, it's so small and the thumbsticks are so nubby and the buttons are so small. I was like, what is this? This is like play school little console. I mean, it's still great. I, I love I love my Switch, but I've yeah, got touch just... <laughs> since I got my, my deck. So I will have to go pick it up when we're done just to compare. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like yeah, pick up pick up your Steam Deck and just like hold it for a minute, and then go and pick up a Switch, and you're like, oh, what? <laughs> like I feel like I need to get those the Hori like full size Joy-Con controllers for my Switch now. So if I'm ever oh, playing yeah. it, I'm like, oh, because it's the same size as a Steam Deck. If you slap those controllers on, that makes sense. Or at least like the little rubber like cases that add on grips. Yeah, yeah, those that seem, too seem cool too. But wow, uh, that that's all. That's all for me. I mean, I I played I played more this last weekend over Memorial Day than I have probably in the past six months. I, I actually had yeah. some time to dig in, but I I jumped around between a bunch of different things. But yeah, yeah, I had a lot of fun. That's great. Yeah, that's that's cool that the deck is inspiring you to check out all these different things. 
Like, uh, I think it will probably do the same to me. Like, it'll revitalize my interest in playing some of the stuff I have in my, mm-hmm. like, 700 game Steam library to just see stuff and try things out. Because being portable, even if you're just sitting on your couch or in your bed or whatever, is such a difference. It is. I can't explain why, but it just feels better to be able to just chill wherever you want. Yeah. Well, I can. I mean, it's, I don't feel like. And it's probably with with Zach, right? I mean, Zach Zach has three young children, and a wife, and a dog, and cats, and <laughs> it's like there's things that are needing your attention. You know, you go to work, and then you come home, and you know all these different people need your attention. And Nick, you and I, you know, we have significant others, and you know, we I want to be around them and spend time with them. But sometimes spending time isn't necessarily doing the same thing. It's just kind of sharing the same space. And even you know, you're sitting in your in your desk cubby. But you have like your back turned and you have to be like on your computer and you're just like not focused or engaged. You can't just stop what you're doing at a moment's notice and pay attention to the other person that's also in the room. And it's yeah, nice to be able I... to have that and just go pause. Yeah. OK, what's up? Uh huh. And like my uh, I always have my headphones on, too, which are so good at keeping out external noise that I am consistently frightened whenever she gets home and I'm on the computer uh, because she'll say, hey hey hi i'm home i'll not hear any of it until she physically comes up and taps me on the shoulder and then i jump intruder yeah exactly oh man uh yeah well i think this is a great week for gaming for all three of us yes yeah i think so too i finished a video game yeah you finished a whole video game zach and i played a a bunch of a a few games (laughs) yeah that's that's great yeah, plenty to talk about either way. Exactly. Well, we'll move on to the question of the, of the episode. If you want to submit a question, you can email us cohopspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can do it through our discord. You can text us. You can message us through social media. Just get a hold of one of us. We'll, we'll add it to our question list. So this week's question comes from Klondike Joel. What sacred game on your list got a sequel that shouldn't have and why? Try to think about it less in the because the sequel was bad sense and more in what was so good about the spirit of the first one that betrayed or that was betrayed by the second one. Joel, thanks I, for the question. And, um, you know, let's start. This. I have to jump in. OK. All right. Uh, and, and ask, is this the same Joel that I'm thinking of that we saw uh, perform comedy recently? No, this is a different Joel. Okay. Different Joel. Different Joel. Garrett has a friend named Joel who co-organized a, a live comedy and burlesque show recently, mm-hmm. which was a fundraiser for Planned Parenthood. It was super cool. And Joel is super funny. So I imagine this Joel also very funny. Yeah. But I just wanted to give a shout out to the other Joel as well. Yeah. Different Joel, but other Joel is also cool. Joel's all around. Great guys. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. So, Zach, uh, let's start with you, Mr. Undecided. Yeah, I've, I've been <laughs> thinking about this since yesterday when we put together the outline, and I still don't have a good answer. It's difficult for me to choose based on the second criteria of not because the sequel is bad, because I can think of yeah. games that have bad sequels. That's easy. But thinking about games that I guess I think of this as like an unneeded or unnecessary sequel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And well, I, I can start if you want, because I have one very clearly in mind that came came to mind the instant I saw this question. I'm, I'm curious if it's because there are a couple that came to mind, but I haven't played them. 
and so like I'm hesitant to choose them. Oh, interesting. So go ahead, and I'm curious if it's one of those. So the one that comes to mind, I've talked about this issue on the show before because I this game came out while we've been doing the show, and that's Resident Evil 8, where I feel like Resident Evil 7 was such a perfect evolution and return to form for the Resident Evil series where it was scary again, it was immersive and exciting, and it looked great. It was like not a dedicated action game like it had used to be. And it was such a more effective kind of scary where it was that Texas Chainsaw style, like the evil that men do, in addition to having some biohazard stuff and some creepy supernatural-ish things, but mostly that just amplified the evilness of these people and resident evil 8 came along and it was a totally different style of horror that i think is not nearly as effective the the gothic horror that's much more supernatural much less grounded and rooted in reality and so it was a lot less scary and it also actively like this is not a bad game this resident evil 8 i think is still really good but there are things that it did with the story including just making the protagonist talk more which I did not like because he's not I don't like hearing him speak. He's not a very interesting and charismatic character. But also there were like things that were revealed about things that had happened in the first game that made it less interesting, I think, hmm. to me. And so it it did actively betray the spirit of the first game by by retconning things or like revealing things about it. But it also I think it didn't keep to the concept of being scary again. That's fine, and Nick. That, Nobody that likes was... scary-ass games. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I am, That was not one of the ones on my list, for what it's worth. But, oh, interesting. Uh, the, having not played either, but owning both, I do want to try 7. Like, I just don't want to try 7 at the same time. So I, I need know. to just sit down. It's not a long game. I know that it's like less than yeah. 10 hours. It's, so I need to just, it's also a really good introductory speed run game because oh, it's, once you know, once you know what you're doing, I've, I've heard that it is actually it like pretty well revitalized some uh, or vitalized some speed running communities because it was such a beloved game and it's like not that hard to get sub an hour and a half wow. in that game. If you know what you're doing and you know where you're going and like survival horror games in general are pretty good intro speed running games because a lot of it is about like moving carefully and avoiding combat encounters like that's part that's baked into the concept of the game because you want to conserve ammo. So it's kind of built with that in mind. And and yeah, so that that game apparently was pretty good for that. So you can get through it pretty quick if you want to. <laughs> I, I played probably about an hour of that game, and I was just, it made me so uncomfortable. It was like, oh, <laughs> so you're almost I hate this. <laughs> but eight, just, yeah, it, it was interesting because eight, eight to me seems like the Resident Evil 4 style, where it's like a little scary, but it's, yeah. it's not like seven scary. It's definitely more in that sort of wheelhouse it it does feel a lot like seven there are a lot of gothic horror elements to to seven lots of werewolves right. vampires and demonic you puppets. mean four four my god <laughs> uh, so i just poured my third of these so you can tell it's it's getting to me a little bit yeah we'll we'll get to it when we talk about the beer again but uh number three is the same as number one it is not the same as number two <laughs> right so 
uh, it's a real roll of the dice <laughs> when you when you open one of these as to which of the beards you're gonna get. But but yeah, so yes, uh, eight is a lot more like four in terms of tone and aesthetic and scariness level. <laughs> yep. Well, true. What do you have, Garrett? If you have an answer before I wish you oh, I do. on my non-answers. No, I definitely do, and I think you both will be surprised, and I think that Zach will be mad at himself for not thinking about this. Okay, I'm ready. Ooh. So the first game would be Ocarina of Time, and the sequel would be Majora's Mask. That's not a sequel, mm. though. It is. Man, Majora, yeah, Majora's Mask is a direct sequel of but I love Ocarina Mask. of Time. Right. No, no, and that's the thing. is So I played Majora's <laughs> Mask before I played Ocarina of Time. And that's because at the time I didn't own oh. I didn't own a Nintendo sixty four. My buddy had bought Majora's Mask because it came with the expansion pass, and he didn't care about Zelda at all. He wanted it to play Rogue Squadron. <laughs> it was Wii Sports Resort for yeah. that era. Yeah, Wii Sports Resort's great. Whenever I, whenever I'd stayed at his house, and mind you, this is in grade school. I was like in fifth grade or sixth grade when this came out. So plug that in, played Majora's Mask, and I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. I had never played a Zelda game ever. So Majora's Mask oh. is, my, is my first Zelda game ever. Wow. And I love it. Majora's Mask is probably next to Breath of the Wild. It's probably like Breath of the Wild, the Majora's Mask on my list of Zelda games. And I've played nearly every single one at this point, except for Skyward Sword, because fuck that game. <laughs> uh, sort of off topic. I read recently or i heard somewhere that it took the developers of the switch version a year to figure out how to do the the controls without motion <laughs> oh my god that's so, that's uh, i may that's be slightly crazy. misquoting but it took like an obscene amount of time to figure out how to make it work without motion controls for the port it wasn't worth it so bringing it back to joel's specific question this is what made it cemented in my brain because i played ocarina of time I originally played Ocarina of Time on the 3DS. I played Ocarina of Time at the re-release. I never played Ooh. it on N64, ever. And it's not because the sequel was bad, but I think that making Majora's Mask like a direct sequel of Ocarina of Time like hides something. Like They were like, oh, yeah. you liked Ocarina of Time? Well, you'll like Majora's Mask. And a lot of people that I hear that have played those games or played them upon release or played them in that order go... Man, Majora's Mask sucks compared to Ocarina of Time because you have this time crunch mechanic and there's all this other kind of stuff. But it's so punishing, it's so like different in tone. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's a totally different sort of thing that appeals to different people. Exactly. It's a completely different game. And I think that they by by making it a Zelda game, first of all, I think that they took out some really interesting things that they could have done as far as like story and tone and and the world really because you could have stuck you could have done that time loop mechanic and and done the masks and everything with any generic fantasy character you know it didn't have to be that and it didn't have to be like ocarina of time link specifically i feel like there's some power to taking this like legendary hero and bringing him down to earth and removing his agency and making him just a weird Deku kid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like I, I think there's something cool about taking a pre-established thing and, and reframing it and recontextualizing it in a totally different thing. But I think you have to be really upfront about it yeah. and say like, this is going for something totally different. Like not, not so long ago, there was a horror movie in the vein of five nights at Freddy's that, bought the rights to an actual like 
animatronics show from the 60s. It's the, the Banana Splits movie. And so it was like about it, it took the characters from this old actual show for kids. And then it made a creepy Five Nights at Freddy's horror thing out of it. And I think that's kind of cool of like taking your expectations and using them to to like establish a base upon which to desecrate. So what I'm hearing <laughs> is Nick say. is excited for Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. I am actually. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen the, it looks the so like bad. images. Yeah, I've it, seen the images. It looks horribly. But good. it's not a movie I would ever watch either. So no. <laughs> I um, yeah, it's it's great. That Winnie the Pooh costume is exceptionally creepy, and I find it very funny that they're they're like, okay, Winnie the Pooh is public domain as of six months ago. Game on, let's do it. <laughs> Time to make him murder some people. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, I guess, yeah. I guess, so, Garrett, I, yeah. I had forgotten that it is. I think technically a sequel. I, I had forgotten that. Yeah. In my mind, they've always been separate. Mm-hmm. Ooh, so which version of the timeline is it a sequel to? Because there are three. That's where the timeline <laughs> splits, right? It's like whether he wins as a kid, wins as an adult, or loses as an adult. Isn't that the the branches? And so different games take place after different yeah. uh, results of Ocarina of Time. Ah, yes. Yeah, Zach has um, the, the... Let's find out. Yes, yeah. the official tome, the official resource on the timelines of Zelda. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm excited. It might take me a minute, so... <laughs> uh, I still need to pick up this book. It's such a cool book. I've I've come to really appreciate coffee table books recently, both for the art and for just... Like, like reading a lot of D&D stuff recently, I appreciate a big old tome full of lore that you can just flip through and think like, oh, I'm curious about this thing. I yeah. want to go read about the, the blood wars between the demons in the nine hells. And D&D. <laughs> I, I have like, all sure. of the Zelda ones and they're all great. They're all yeah. super yeah. fun to flip through. I have a couple of uh, Final Fantasy 14 art books from uh, both of the Shadowbringers ones. And they're so great so great my, so... my buddy just picked up the art of warhammer which is Ooh. it's it's warhammer total war one two and three all the concept art and the lore and everything between those because the games play in reverse chronological order total war uh... warhammer is the newest age warhammer 2 is the age before and warhammer total war 3 is the age before that so Ooh. it's very interesting to kind of chronologically go backwards in time so, Zach, really what, what do you cool. have for us in the uh, the Tome of Zelda? So, lore? Majora's Mask follows Ocarina of Time if the hero is triumphant. <laughs> okay. So, if he wins as a child or an adult. Yep. The Wait. It's adult era. The hero is triumphant in Ocarina of Time, then Majora's Mask. Yep. Okay. okay. So, Which makes sense. The timeline splits after Ocarina of Time with one timeline depicting the events that follow Link's triumph over Ganon and the other his defeat. So if he loses, that leads to A Link to the Past, which is pretty interesting, which is Ganon's resurrection. Yeah. People people hate that they did this, by the way. Made made the timeline (laughs) a a real thing, yeah. Yeah. I think it's awesome. I I like it, but there's a lot of fans who really hate it. That's interesting. I think... I think it's kind of cool either way. It is interesting. It does seem like that was not strictly intentional that like fans had these crazy theories and they were like, oh yeah, that's cool. <laughs> we should have done that. We are going to codify that into canon. Yep. 
that's what it feels like who knows maybe they had a, a bible all along that they were working off of but it definitely feels like the sort of thing where link is a heroic archetype of legend and none of these stories were ever supposed to be like even necessarily true right well joel thank you so much well, for your question i haven't answered oh yeah oh i thought you answered no, Zach. No, no, no. i'll let you guys go oh, first not yet. you said you oh never mind all right I, I said I wanted to hear yours first before I right 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 before I got into my <laughs> my non answers. It's Zelda one and two, isn't it? No. Oh, <laughs> that would have been a good choice too. That's against the the spirit of the question because it is because the sequel was bad. <laughs> Zelda Dude, two is great. Unless you talk to Jared Petty, who thinks that's the best Zelda game, which is oh nonsense. Jared Petty wow. sounds like a NASCAR driver, <laughs> but I'm pretty <laughs> yeah. sure it's Richard Petty. <laughs> Kyle Petty. Yeah. Is it Kyle Petty? I don't fucking know. I don't watch NASCAR. I don't know. I don't know. None of us know about NASCAR, but anyway. Nick loves like, NASCAR. No. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Super interesting watching people go around a circle for Nick's first Steam Deck lives. install is going to be NASCAR Heat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. NASCAR Heat 5. Is that the one they're on now? I believe so, because my friend Kevin, who played Yakuza, is like, I got a steering wheel. I'm pretty sure I talked about this on a previous episode, but <laughs> he immediately gifted me, at full price, NASCAR Heat 5. And I was like, oh. well, I have Forza 7 and Forza Horizon. I'm like, why, why, would I, why would I play this? And he goes, no, it's way harder than you think. And then he goes, turn all the assists off and try to play. And it's like... Yeah, these cars just are like on ice. You you just slam into the wall. Yeah, yeah, they just suck. Uh, like, oh man. Um, uh, <laughs> in case you haven't been listening for that long, the joke is that I am an F one fan, and NASCAR is incredibly boring. It is like more similar to bike racing than actual like on an interesting circuit racing because it's not necessarily about like strategy, tire strategy, and like navigating turns properly and finding the places to overtake it's about like pack dynamics and like slipstreaming and passing and knowing when to do that because people will just slipstream behind you well there there is tire strategy when your tires are low you get them changed yeah (laughs) yeah that's true chow yeah oh man come at Um, come at us next nascar fans tell us why we're wrong (laughs) Then then you can be you can be in the uh chip hall of uh of uh ridicule i guess yeah people who are mad at us for yeah. saying things uh disparaging about things we don't <laughs> all 34 about. of you <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i will say to briefly tangent and also buy zach a little more time to to uh consider his answers uh they uh, Codemasters has been showing a little bit more footage of the upcoming game uh for formula one for the 2022 season uh, and this season has brought a lot of changes to the design of the cars. It's a, like a monumental shift. It's a generational change, basically. It's like 360 to Xbox One. Do they look like uh, Batmobiles now? Because I'd be way more interested if they look like cool futuristic cars. Uh, they look a little, a little different. Mm. Um, so mostly no, it's mo- mostly it's about the functionality. I mean, I feel like they always looked cool, but the the big thing is that uh, a thing called ground effect is no longer banned. And if you are familiar with Ekranoplans, like the the Russian ground effect vehicles that like they're they're planes, but they fly like a foot over the water and they they use a a thing called ground effect to generate lift and basically fly without 
actually really flying. They're like hovercraft, basically. So, and so this is doing the reverse so that you stick the car to the ground so it has grip. So you're putting hovercraft engines in the opposite direction to keep it on the ground. <laughs> you're you're putting hovercraft wings yeah. upside down, basically, to keep it on the ground, which used to be banned because it's very, very powerful. There's the, the famous fan car where there were literally six fans mounted on the sides of the car oh to God. blow air like to blow the car downward to keep it stuck to the ground you had my was... you had my interest at like hovercraft uh you know inches above the gr- a ground on the water like i want to see that where's that league e- e- oh so econocran e- e- <laughs> so there's there's a, there's a, a game eco crayon eco crayon yeah. yeah they're made out of there, plant material there, there's a, a game I'm pretty sure it's on Steam called Soviet Monsters Ecranoplans, <laughs> which is about these the like worst you choose name. your you choose your ground effect vehicle. Good and, luck searching for uh, that game, Garrett. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't search with just Soviet monsters. You have to search <laughs> Caspian Sea Monster Ecranoplan flight video. That's all I get. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll, have to, I'll have to find it. I know. Um, I think it was oh, Giant Bomb did a oh, quick look of it. Soviet Monsters Ecranoplans on Steam. You had it right. Excellent. Garrett's buying it yep. as we speak. Top Secret Soviet <laughs> Monsters. And it's... This is the stupidest looking thing I've ever seen in my life. They look incredibly dumb. It's, it's amazing. It's just an airplane with like 50 turbines. It's not interesting looking <laughs> at all. It's very, it's like if you gave a three-year-old, you're like, make it go faster. And you gave him a bunch of plane parts and then a three-year-old built it. That's... Uh-huh. It's it's everyone's first build in Kerbal Space Program. <laughs> yeah, I did just put like 50 rockets on it to make it go. <laughs> and it still didn't uh, escape the atmosphere because I wasn't good at physics. Well, to to explain why I'm talking about ground effect a little bit, um, this thing was banned for a long time, but one of the problems with F1 and like the consistent problems is that overtaking is really difficult. And part of that is because following behind other cars is really difficult because so much of the grip that you, um, that you have to stick to the track to be able to like maneuver your car more effectively, uh, comes from your aerodynamics. And so having the aero, uh, like the airflow disrupted by a car being in front of you messes that up. So the closer you get to someone, the harder it is to for your car to function properly. So by using ground effect, they reduce the reliance on aerodynamics, making it so that you can follow more closely and theoretically pass more often. That has had its own ramifications and its own issues. But the, the gist of it is that cars are like fundamentally different this year. And I'm really excited to see how they implement that in the video game. Hmm. That's interesting. Well, they're not top secret Russian boat planes with 50 turbines, so I will be out I, this season. <laughs> I know. So let's let's have the Ekranoplan League, our competitive <laughs> league of Soviet monsters. Oh, my God. <laughs> they, yeah, they go Better like than 10 F1. feet under the water. There's no point. It's just a boat. It's not even a plane. <laughs> this is so dumb. I'm so disappointed. <laughs> my, my day is now ruined. Uh... Well, I'm glad I could bring this to you. My disappointment uh, is immeasurable and my day is ruined. Yeah, those things. <laughs> what Zach said. All right. Um, well, <laughs> let me let me quickly uh, say my two things that came to mind. <laughs> we are horribly off topic. <laughs> the two that came to mind that I have not played. Final Fantasy X-2. Because mm. it feels absolutely unnecessary. And from everything I know about it, it just like ruins the story of X. Like the ending of X. 
It sounds about right. Just, just the fact that the character that is the protagonist of Ten Two exists kind of defeats the purpose of Ten. So I, I haven't played it. I don't want to play it. It looks bad. But from what I understand, it just ruins the story of Ten, which was actually decent. Yeah. The other one is, and this is when I th- think about sacred games on my list. It is a Zelda game, but it's linked to the past. And they made a DS sequel, 3DS sequel, called The Link Between Worlds. Yeah, it's great. That I've heard I thought it is... was a remake. No, it's a sequel. No? Oh, it is? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And I've yet to play it. I own it. But it's it feels unnecessary that it exists. And I've heard it's good. So it's I just don't know why it exists. It's great. <laughs> because Nintendo, it's... Zach. And I, d- and and I won't know that. until I actually play it. But I think... I think it earns its existence. I think it has enough in common with A Link to the Past, but also expands on those concepts in ways that are interesting. I I think it it earns its existence, but I was also very skeptical when it was announced. It would be like if they made a game now that they called Super Mario Brothers 4. Like Oh, that'd be weird. You have to oh. really earn oh. the the ability to evoke that kind of as as noted three is my favorite game of all time so that would be and that's why they made new super mario bros wii because they're like Uh no no, we're not uh, well they just changed which was in itself they were like yeah we're just going a different way yeah which which i appreciate like trying to iterate like that in a in a way that you could call for is it's it's hard like taking something so legendary and so like basically perfect and making something that you're saying oh this is the next one it is the evolved form like how do you do that but i think link between worlds is does enough yeah and i'm not saying those are bad games except tend to i think it's right. a bad game but from what, <laughs> I, from what i've heard but yeah, that's it, like what I said with Majora's Mask. It's not a bad game. I just think that I feel like they could have went in a different direction or made it its own yeah, its own thing and not been like, this is specifically a follow-up and this is the reason why you should buy it is because it's a sequel to a beloved game. Yeah, I was trying to think of sacred games on my list. Like he says, what sacred game on your list got a sequel? And it's like Resident Evil 4 technically got a sequel, but it's not really a sequel. Like five, 5 is not a sequel to Resident Evil 4. It just is in the same series. Yeah, it doesn't even have any of the same characters. So I, didn't, I didn't pick that because it doesn't make sense. Super Mario 3 never technically got a true sequel because World is a different game. It's also like, it's Mario. It doesn't really matter that much. <laughs> yeah, none of this is real. And then, like some of my favorite Zelda games are, I've never got sequels. So it's, this was a really hard one. Like Halo, I don't think any of the Halo sequels were undeserved. I think they were all like, they exist and they're fine. Like, Maybe you could argue Halo 4, 5, and 6, or 4 and 5 and Infinite shouldn't exist because they probably should have just ended it with 3. But Yeah, when Bungie stopped, maybe they should have. Just the story, story-wise, they probably should have just ended yes. it with 3. Like The yeah. mechanics have always been decent. Yeah. The story yeah, is I'm, I'm just speaking story, dog shit. Yeah. yeah. That's true. But anyway. Uh, which is why they went back to Reach to like tell a different story yeah. because like it's done. I thought that three had but. such an amazing ending. Like it just it was like, all right, well, if we ever get another Halo, it won't be Master Chief. Oh, oh, it's Master Chief. Okay, never mind. Oh. Well, I <laughs> yeah. mean you finish it on legendary and it's like, wake me when you need me, and it's like, fuck. Okay. <laughs> there's gonna be there's gonna be another one. There's uh, gonna be another one. Palpatine's back somehow. You beat you <laughs> beat Legendary on Halo Reach and you hold the right thumbstick to the right. 
when the pillar of autumn is taking off and you see master chief and his cryo it's just like ah, oh, that's they knew uh, they knew yeah i mean it's it's like with modern filmmaking like you have to have a sequel hook you have to have a franchise hook or else you're yeah. not you're throwing away money in the eyes of producers yeah which sp- speaking of tangents fucking moon knight ends on a cliffhanger and they're like no we're not making another they're not making another moon knight and i'm like fuck you oh man yep so rude anyway maybe they'll make a moon knight movie and and they're just teasing people they're like no we're not gonna make another show but nope oscar isaac's like nope there would be no interesting story for me to do it and he was one of the producers and he's like nope (laughs) i don't want to do it uh i haven't watched it yet shame yeah it's good i I've not either. I think Moon Knight's really interesting, and Oscar Isaac is one of my very favorite actors, so I'm really excited to, to check it out now that I have time. Uh, there's one more thing. I won't drag it on much further, but there's one more thing that I thought of that I have not actually played, but I have watched, and it is just so unbelievably misguided as far as sequels, and that is King of Fighters 2003, a.k.a. Maximum Impact, the one where they went 3D and had all English voice acting, and it was, like, very, like, early 2000s era trying to be cool, and it's just so, so, so terrible. Hmm. That's, I, yeah, I can't comment on that in any way. Power wave is all I gotta say. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Someone should have power, power dunked that game into the trash. Power delete. (laughs) But yeah, there you go. Not skipping Zach this time. Thank you again, Joel, for the uh, the question. Very, very interesting and thought-provoking, although it got us to secret Russian seaplanes <laughs> all the way back to The Legend of Zelda, ultimately. Yeah, it was just, it's a big question. circle. That's all. Yeah. It's a big circle. It's just a squared circle. Oh, no, we can't get into that. It's <laughs> another so, tangent. We can't do it. So so <laughs> I, knew, I, knew, <laughs> I knew Nick would be like, no, wait. No. Uh, Nick loves wrestling. So uh-huh. real, real quick. I want to just touch on the the interesting (laughs) beer that we had tonight because I had, well, my, my, my third can is the same as my second can. It is much more flavorful, much, much different than the first one. The first one that I had was very light and very mild. And the second and third ones that I had were very flavorful, very aromatic, more of the tropical fruit taste forward with a little bit more bitterness kick towards the middle Mm-hmm. But still smooth. But I still, even with that, it's just, you know, it's a little inconsistent for me. Like, I wouldn't feel yeah. confident bringing this to somebody and going, like, drink this. This is going to be great. Because in in a six-pack, I've had two out of three with, I think, the intended flavor. <laughs> yeah. So I finished my, my lone can about an hour ago, and I don't even remember what it tastes like. So when we were talking at the beginning of it, it's, it's forgettable. Like, I literally have already forgotten yeah and like my i am partway through my third can now and my third can is similar to my first it is the weaker but prettier version it's a much more appealing color but but it doesn't have as much flavor and uh yeah like like garrett said even in its intended form i think it's not super exciting it's muddled in a way where i can't really make out a lot of individual flavor notes like i can with really well crafted hazy ipas where you can like taste the tangerine and you can taste the mango and taste the stone fruit and that that sort of thing makes it easier to appreciate all the effort and the flavor that went into it and this i think 
I I get oh this tastes like a hazy IPA and now on in this weaker version it has much lighter flavor and it's just not, yeah it's it's like a um I'm I'm trying to trying to place the exact kind of beverage that I'm thinking of but it's like a fruit soda yeah I was gonna say Nick I I've got you it's like a fruit by the foot where they started incorporating like other different colors in there. And so you unroll it and you're like red. Okay. Yeah. Fruit punch. Then it gets to yellow and you're like mild banana. What the fuck is this? And then you get back to the red (laughs) and you go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fruit punch. Okay. That's pretty good. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's exactly what you're going for. It's not the same as real fruit. No, no. It's more like fruit with O's instead of U I (laughs) T's. There you go. Which that always bothers me when I read it. Cause it just like sets off the spelling nerd, uh, part of my brain. Yep fruit and juice in like beer flavors yeah Yeah, it's like oh why yeah god forbid describing something as fruit juice (laughs) 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 oh man well speaking of fruit juice you can find us on twitter facebook instagram (laughs) twitch at cohops podcast all one word you can also send us emails as i mentioned before cohops podcast at gmail.com your emails will be re- uh, read during the episode unless you specifically tell us not to read them. And Zach, where can we find you on the social medias? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Zach has no pants. Not frequently. Mm-hmm. The best, the best handle, the least active. Yeah. <laughs> Nick, what about you, sir? Uh, I am on uh, Instagram at nicholas.prinzing and on twitter at nprinzing i'm a little more frequently on instagram but i find the environment on twitter to be kind of it it kind of incentivizes hot takes and like intense emotions in a way that feels destructive so i i kind of try to stay away from it and i'm on instagram and twitter at gmake16 thank you all for listening uh this has been great yeah (laughs) Thanks for this juicy, fruity episode. Oh, my ears. (laughs) (laughs) My eyes. Why did you have to write it in the show notes? Exactly.